Hey sis, it's a weekly shakedown of the binary walls around us. Breaking it out and building a bridge. Checking our biases with empathy and humility and questioning the status quo. It's about building allyship that is intentional and confident. A lot of people who aren't comfortable with going to a typical place and a lot of allies and other queer people know that they feel most safe with queer people rather than the alternative. And I mean, they have their clients, they have their own market, but it's just filling that niche little hole in the market that is really, really needed. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Hey Sis. My name is Isaac and Cynthia and I are excited to be chatting today with Julian Gray, an esthetician at Pride Beauty Lounge in Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. So perfect. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What are your pronouns and where do you call home? I use they or he pronouns and I live in Dartmouth, but I roam the streets of Halifax all the time. So people see me everywhere. <laughs> there you go. And are you originally from Dartmouth or? I'm from Cape Breton. I'm from Port Hawkesbury originally, but I've been here since 2009. So it's been a minute. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, give us a little bit of background, just kind of a little bit more professional background about yourself. Like what inspired you to become an esthetician? What's your like kind of favorite parts of the work that you do? Yeah. Well, my, ever since I was, I, I can't even remember beginning this interest, but I always wanted to be a makeup artist since I was like a teenager and I still wanted to do that really bad, but this is Nova Scotia. There's barely any money in doing makeup unless you go elsewhere and get like big education. Like it's hard. It's really hard. Um, so I knew that makeup was a part of the aesthetics program. So I was like, maybe I'll just do everything. And then it just branched off and I ended up just liking every part of it. So that's where I started. But I've been doing this since 2018. That's when I graduated school. And where did you go to school? Was that here in Dartmouth? Uh, it was actually on Barrington Street, Halifax, the school CBBC. I was the first, well, in the first class to go through that school. And yeah, our class was really small. So we got a lot of hands-on, one-on-one learning there. And immediately when I was done school, I got hired by a local spot. I was there for a year and a half. And now I'm at Pride. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. And so on Pride Beauty Lounge, uh, that launched just earlier this year, you've opened the doors. Actually, it was just June 2nd that we opened. Okay. Oh, wow. And, and just COVID, a baby. COVID kind of hit you guys, eh? Yeah, we were supposed to open at the beginning of May, like mm. four days after the lockdown was announced. So we had to push it back an entire month, but it, like I was low key grateful. Cause <laughs> I was like not mentally prepared yet, but then I came back like vaccine ready and we were all pumped to go, but That's it's been good. amazing. <laughs> and what sort of services in particular do you, do you have a favorite service that you provide? What kind of services do you provide? Well, I, I like all of the services that I do, but I've become very interested in specializing in body waxing in particular, but I also do manicures, pedicures, facials, relaxation, massage, a whole bunch of fun stuff. And the other employees there also cover lashes and nails and the things that my poor eyes can't handle. (laughs) (laughs) 
Julian, can you tell me um, how many how many people are employed at Pride Beauty Lounge, and would all of your um, employees be uh, under the rainbow uh, umbrella, like within the queer community? We are all a part of the Rainbow Mafia. Yes, um, the there's five of us there now. There's our owner. Our owners, Tori and Nick, they're a married couple. And then we have Brittany, who is one of my very good friends. And uh, we just started with a new person named Tara. And I'm pretty sure they're just out of school now and just learning the ways. And I, I only worked with them once so far, but it's good. We were really busy, so we needed somebody else. That's a great complaint to have in the first few months. Exactly. Right? Like, I wasn't expecting starting up a new small business at Lower Sackville to just take off, but people have been driving distances to come to us, and it's amazing. And is that because of the unique positioning, do you find? Or or what is it that, you know, you've got your clients coming from all over the place? Well, there's a lot of people who aren't comfortable with going to a typical place and a lot of allies and other queer people know that they feel most safe with queer people rather than the alternative. And I mean, they have their clients, they have their own market, but it's just filling that niche little hole in the market that is really, really needed. And there's really like, even from, posting TikToks and stuff, the comments that I would get. It's not something that you see in many cities at all. So it's hopefully going to be sort of a stepping stone for a new trend in other cities around to start these types of things so that these types of services can be more accessible because they're really not. (laughs) Do you do like graduation and wedding makeup there and all of that kind of thing too? Yeah, we do pretty much um, any kind of aesthetic services, really. I haven't done any makeup there yet. Tori has been doing a lot of the makeup there. But if people want to go and get their um, wedding makeup done by a bunch of queer people, then by all means, we will glam you up. (laughs) We have huge (laughs) lashes. We have, like, everything there. (laughs) There you go. It's the best people to go to. Um, So in terms of Pride Beauty Lounge... What kind of policies and practices or best practices, I guess I should say, do you guys have in place like kind of around inclusion to kind of harbor that safe space for queer and LGBTQ identifying people? Well, we try to just have just a basis of respect for everyone. Like if you need accommodations, we will just let us know. We will make it happen for you. We always try to use um, non-gendered languages when speaking about anybody. We get people's pronouns. We always make sure we do that. We make sure that um, we know what terms for your body parts make you feel uncomfortable so that we make sure we don't say it. And, you know, we just have, it's all respect-based, right? So um, we just have, it's that's the main policy is our inclusion policy that nobody will be denied a service because of who they are. 
So would you share your pronouns then when someone's checking in? Or I did notice when I booked online, it did ask for pronouns and that, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. So I, before my clients arrive, I check that form to see if they had already filled it out. Some people don't notice the email or whatever. So I just check that. So I know ahead of time and then I will confirm it with them when they come so that there's never a moment where that wrong thing slips out because we all know well enough to <laughs> to check before we say anything like that. But yeah. You know, and um, that, that is something that a lot of traditional places wouldn't think of. Would you say like, I mean, that's right, Isaac, like as far as body parts go. So I guess I'm thinking like waxing and, and uh-huh. line and that, and just getting that language so that, you know, you're not assuming that, um, that everyone, you know, getting waxing or has female parts or male parts. And it's asking those questions ahead of time. Is that, was that the sensitivity that is important? Yes. Um, the, that is the, the most sensitive part about all of this because, Places around here, even the inclusive places that don't have words like manzillion or something like that on their menu, there's still a separation, whether it be a price separation, a name of the service separation that's not necessarily gendered, that is still a wall, that people still have to disclose what's going on with their bodies just to be able to lay on that table. And in my opinion, I feel like People shouldn't have to even click a button to disclose what parts they have when you're visiting a professional for a service that everyone's supposed to have access to. So that is a barrier in particular, I feel like makes Pride Beauty Lounge unique because I have yet to see a place without that separation. I invite, if there's somebody out there that has a menu like that, please send it to me because I want to see it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even just with like haircuts and like things Uh that are very like external to us, there's men's men's cuts and there's female or women's cuts and they're priced like a men's cut is like 20 bucks and a woman's is like a hundred, but I'm like, a man can have long hair. Like I don't understand and argue. That is I mean, the this most is basic topic. thing yeah. that I can't even believe is still a problem. It's like yeah. long hair sh- cuts and short haircuts. Like it's, that's just. But I would argue say too that a long haircut, like someone with longer hair, it probably mm-hmm. take them so much faster to cut their hair rather than mine. Cause it has to be like styled and it's like shorter with like long hair. You just, and you're good. <laughs> Most things, in my opinion, should be priced by the length of time it takes to Absolutely. do whatever it is that's happening. Time and product. That's it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense completely. And even when it comes to tipping. But that drives me crazy because I used to wear my hair really short and choppy. But mm-hmm. you know, I didn't just book it under, you know the male, a male's cut, I get ended up charging, you know, $65 for this like cut that actually wasn't, it was choppy, but it wasn't, you know, super time consuming. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no. And that really is something that it's so great if you're offering, um, you know, breaking down those barriers there for people. Mm-hmm. I would think that that is super welcoming for cisgender people and, um, you know, and, and people that identify um, outside of the, the cisgender hetero norms. Uh, yeah, I have cis clients that do come in for their intimate waxing. And I've heard that they would rather trust coming to a place like this because they have been charged more for having a bigger body. Wow. Wow. That's surprising to me. Tell me more. 
So they, a lot, if you see on a menu, like a waxing service and it has a base price with a little plus next to it, you will get upcharge for them needing to use more product on you, which in turn leads to a very complicated fat shaming. Wow. Yeah. There's things that like you wouldn't even think. And I always ask people before they lay on my table, have you ever had a bad experience? Please tell me about it so I can make sure that I don't do any of the things that have made you feel bad before. That's insane. (laughs) It's unreal. Yeah. Like I'm genuinely like, yeah. Cause when we think of like beauty, we have like these like set in mind, like usually like skinny, not too curvy, but curvy person for like our female mm-hmm. expectations. And then like a man is like, I don't know, a macho man, but like he has to have hair, but not too much hair. And like, it's just beauty standards are so all over the place. And it's so desperately in need to have like more spots for, especially queer people, but literally anyone can go and just be like, here's my body, take it or leave it. And you know, you do, you get the services that you need. Exactly. Like my thing is, it's like, I don't like saying that I'm beautifying people or Mm. making them look better. It's like, I'm helping people make them feel more like themselves and whatever form that takes. Yeah. And that's, and a lot of people, um, you know, when we talk about gender expression, they think about that's like something that only like queer people can experience, but that's, everyone has a gender expression and Mm -hmm. how you choose to, you know, alter your body or, you know, remove hair from your body or dye your hair. That's your gender expression. And you can choose to do whatever the heck you want with it. Exactly. And it goes even beyond that. Like there's people with like sensory issues that the hair on their body causes them like mental discomfort. Mm -hmm. And it's like a relief in their life to not have to deal with it. That's actually very common that people won't do it for the look. They'll do it for the feel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, that's new to me. That's a real, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> well, no, I was just thinking about your location and um, mm-hmm. being in Lower Sackville. And um, do you have, like, specific treatments, say, for teens and, say, like, trans youth that um, that can come in and feel safe in, in their space if they're looking to have, you know, a treat- when you talk about making people feel more comfortable as themselves? I love having young people for clients. Now, um, I do cut off at um, doing intimate waxing, like maybe a little on the outside, but I I feel like that's too young. <laughs> but um, as for gender-affirming services, I absolutely love it. I have waxed uh, trans femmes' faces um, that were younger. They know the risks, and with parent consent and everything like that, all has to be present liability things but um my and with trans mask people i feel like eyebrows are a really big thing when it comes to how you want to present yourself it (laughs) at least it was for me Mm -hmm. having thicker eyebrows just changed your my whole face and i like to share that with the world as well um it's just kind of fun, like taking my own experience with this kind of stuff and helping other people with it too. Um, so I wanted to kind of dive into this because I think looking at social media and all the reactions of Pride Beauty Lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has your personal response been to kind of the cis straight community inferring that Pride Beauty Lounge only provides services to the queer community? So the idea that it's queer exclusive, not clear inclusive. 
Well, maybe it's just me not reading the comments, but I haven't personally seen anybody say that. <laughs> I well, could be good. completely missing it altogether because that was a concern that I had as well. But allies are obviously welcome, and allies would know this. <laughs> um, but it is a space that's welcome for everybody, but so is every other spa. And when you say it's welcome for everybody, a lot of queer people are like, okay, we're going to be an afterthought. Mm-hmm. But when you have the queer people as the focus and everyone else is welcome behind them, it's like it's your space and you can share it with everyone else. Yeah. It, so it does make a difference. Yeah, 100%. Your community first. Everyone's mm-hmm. welcome, but this is where we're centering our space. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. And I would feel comfortable coming in there as a, as a cis straight person. I would love that experience. And, you know, and bring any one of my kids, whether they are um, a member of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. or, or not. Yeah. What about October? Mm-hmm. Coming in to say, I know October, um, there are a good few community based days. There's International Coming Out Day and uh, and that. Do you think that you'll, you'll probably look at maybe doing some cool specials around those days or not? Oh, rec- totally. I'll bring it up. Like, Tori's great. She'll just soak in all ideas like a sponge and just make things happen. So if that's the kind of thing people would like, I would love to do that. <laughs> what, um, what are your channels, your social media channels? And we'll share them in the blog post too on our website. But so people are looking to find out more information about your location and book online, which it's a super user-friendly way to, to book. From what yeah. I um, so Pride Beauty Lounge is at Pride Beauty Lounge on Instagram and TikTok. You can book on Instagram. You can book on Google, on pridebeautylounge.com. There's so many different ways to book. My personal ones are at Aesthetics by Julian on both Instagram and TikTok. Okay. Awesome. Do you have any suggestions or kind of what suggestions would you give to queer individuals who want to receive services, however, are unsure if their local esthetician is inclusive? So ideally, maybe someone who potentially is located in like Cape Breton or maybe New Brunswick that mm-hmm. can't make the commute to Bright Beauty Lounge. Well, I would first call them and see how they address you. Do they assume anything of you? Ask, ask just a few basic questions. You don't have to identify yourself or anything. And if you feel safe making that phone call, I would say give it a shot. <laughs> but there's really, and if you have a local um, queer Facebook group, ask for recommendations for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, unless they have big pride flags in their window or something, it's really hard to say until you go there or see reviews from other queer people. Would you feel comfortable sharing with us, and this is a little bit outside of the Pride Beauty Lounge, but just what it was mm-hmm. like growing up as a queer person in Cape Breton, um, in the <laughs> area. Um, <laughs> and if you're not comfortable, that's totally fine, too. I just... Oh, it's fine. So um, it was a very small town that I grew up in, so, and I'm also 30, so the early 2000s were quite different than now. So I first tried to come out as bi when I was like 15. Everyone's like, you're just doing it for a trend because you're emo and we're from a small town and don't know any better ourselves. <laughs> so it was really hard to know how to even explore those parts of myself because there was no examples. The only queerness I even heard of was whispers of someone's gay cousin from the next town over. It was hard to learn things without it 
being in my face. So when I moved to the city later on, I, I met some more queer people, was able to experiment a little more, but I didn't really find that path for myself until way later on, until like five years ago, I started feeling very sad and doing some self-searching, but I would not have been able to do that at home. Not I'm at so all. grateful that you were able to find the space to be able to do that. And now mm-hmm. like you're just creating more space for people in the world mm-hmm. um, through the work that you're doing. And I love your hair. I love the color. Tones. Thank you. Having, <laughs> like a little, tell me the shade. Is it a tint of like, it's a tint of pink and then like a gray, like blue? It's really faded out. It was supposed to be uh, lilac and cotton candy pink. It was until it faded out a little. I have to redo it. But I always wanted split dye, but I was always too scared to do the half black, half something else. Because once you do that, there's you basically have to shave your head if you want to fix it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Especially with black. It's mm-hmm. really nice too because it doesn't actually look faded; it just looks really soft. So it looks mm-hmm. like a, like pastel, like yeah, a nice exactly. soft pastel. I want it to look like a My Little Pony prints, and I think I pulled it off. There you go. You <laughs> and uh, just out of pure curiosity, how is kind of the I don't know? I'll call it like the beauty scene in Halifax. Do you find it's pretty inclusive, or do you kind of have little pockets of kind of like inclusive folks? Well, I think that it's just pockets of inclusive folks, but I kind of turn a blind eye to what I'm not interested in. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so there's probably a a lot. There's a, from my experience working at the other spa, there's still a lot of transphobia, racism, all of that going on from service providers and clients alike that I just don't want a part of. So hopefully with places like Pride opening up, it'll open up other people's minds and realize that they're doing something wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you have any, and I think we've talked a lot about this, but the purpose, a lot of the purpose around the podcast is, you know, would you have any advice to cisgender people out there who might not realize they're being exclusive when they're walking in the door, say, to to a local business um, or, you know, anything that they can do mm-hmm. um, to be better allies? I th- I always tell people the first step to giving off a vibe to a queer person that I am a safe person for you to be around is to really practice non-gendered language. I feel like the first time you're communicating with someone, you're getting the first impression. And if it's an unsafe first impression, it's hard to get that vibe away from them, you know? So if you're the first time you meet someone and you hear them just referring to you as they because they don't know, it's like, wow, <laughs> I know it's the bare minimum, but if you're starting from nothing, that is a really good first start. And I mean, start it alone, like in the mirror, talk to yourself like that. It's, that's the only way to unlearn bad habits is to just keep practicing. Mm-hmm. And at least I think that's a good first start. There's many other ways you can start this, but I think just the basic respect on a first impression is a good one. Absolutely. And, yeah. Thank you for that. That's uh no, I think that's a really great first step for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that makes perfect. It's like you said, you know, mm-hmm. your discomfort with it. I always say to cisgender people is nothing compared to the discomfort that you put on somebody if you misgender them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 you need to do the work. You need to make the effort. 
And it's like, it's not easy for us to get used to new pronouns or a new name. Like trying to answer to a name that you're not used to, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So it's not just a struggle for you. It's a struggle for us even more so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, people, people don't realize that like queer people also are learning, like as a queer person myself, like I am not an expert by any means. And like, we all have to learn and we're learning together. Um, But I like 110%, like bare minimum should be just give people the perspective and just ask questions. Like don't assume Mm -hmm. people based on their physical appearance. Like, and the questions need to be appropriate. Absolutely. And delivered in an appropriate way. And that takes practice as well. Cause you're not just going to, be like, oh, I want to be respectful. I'm just going to ask about what's in your pants. No. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You ask, you ask yeah. pronouns and the rest don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I know what genitals you have, that means I can assume your gender based on I don't that. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, uh, that is, it is so true. And I, I, I am so grateful for always having these conversations because I always come away with learning something mm-hmm. new and, yeah. and getting more comfortable having these conversations and, and that, which I think if everybody can just take that little step and get out of your comfort zone and be, you know, being respectful and all that, and we can, you know, mm-hmm. better space for everybody. Yeah. Like, exactly. I think the, the, you mentioned the whole like sensory thing like that. I think that's super key because a lot of people don't talk about like, you know, like abilities, disabilities, experiences, mm-hmm. things like that. And it's more common than people like to think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So inclusivity expands beyond just being, you know, inviting for queer people. There's always more, mm-hmm. especially people with disabilities. Like oh, there's people that can't even enter some spas around here. Yeah. So we can alter any service to accommodate someone to an extent. There's always going to be a moment where it's just, we can't get someone in a position. It's, you know, mm-hmm. but we can do the best that we can with what we have to service anyone for anything that they need. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you yeah. so much. This has been a great discussion. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to ask you there, Julia, do you watch like any like, like ASMR videos of like beauty stuff or like, Listen, I'm autistic. I will spend hours <laughs> watching waxing videos on TikTok. Oh, they're and, like so in the satisfying. Oh, let, let me tell you, my job is the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get real life ASMR and there I'll be go. showing people. I'll rip the wax strip off and I'll be like, look at it. You yeah. can see the hair. Roots. You're going to have <laughs> your TikTok's going to change to one of those kind of TikToks here soon. And that's where you'll get all the views. Oh, as soon as I get a nice camera, it is over. <laughs> My daughter's obsessed with Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, I have been obsessed with Dr. Pimple Popper for years. I feel like that's where my obsession with picking began. That's why I'm excited for feet. (laughs) Whenever whenever my partner has like a pimple or anything like that, like I'm always all over it. But Dr. Pimple Popper just, I don't know why, just hits me the wrong way. And I can't. (laughs) If you like Dr. Pimple Popper, uh, I fell down a rabbit hole one day. Vietnamese spas, skincare spas. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, I'll let her know. Well, awesome. It was lovely chatting with you and uh, yes, finally get too. to meet you. Yes, you too. You. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Julian. You're welcome. Bye. 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 Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey Sis. If you have any questions you want to ask or want to join in on the conversation, email us at connect at simplygoodform.com. 
Thank you all. And remember, inclusion matters.